Well, and speaking of the come up, man, let's jump down finally to College Station, where again, I got an interview here with Jason Howell, Texag's going to get to that in just a second. But we had some news here at AM, two bits of news. Offensive line coach Josh Henson is leaving the program, going to Southern Cal. But, you know, it kind of makes sense when you when you consider he's not leaving for a lateral position. He's leaving to be Lincoln Riley's offensive coordinator at Southern Cal. So I think that's a little bit easier to stomach there if you're Texas A&M. You lose your offensive line coach who has a history of being an offensive coordinator at Missouri. Now he's going to be getting his role at uh, offensive coordinator with Southern Cal. So we got an opening at defensive coordinator. We got an opening on offensive line. Jimbo Fisher, you know, those are two paramount positions that need to be filled. We all know the job Mike Elko's done, but think about Texas A&M in 2020, the Maroon Goons, four or five in the NFL this year. Took a little while to get things situated, but by you know the, the midway point of the season, the offensive line was once again a strength of this Texas A&M unit. So losing Josh Henson, that's a tough blow. You got plenty of talent on that offensive line, though, and now Jimbo has got to find the right pieces to plug in there to uh, to keep Texas A&M reaching higher, higher heights on the field after such a historic recruiting class signed this offseason in College Station. And one other note here before we get to our interview, Jalen Watermeyer has announced he's off to the NFL. Not surprising in the least, but he's going to be the high-round NFL draft pick, you got to assume. But he's also opting out of the bowl game. So a little bit of a blow there for Texas A&M, an offense that's already going to be missing several pieces, going to be missing your starting tight end. The good news is you you just signed a recruiting class with three of the top ten tight end prospects in the country, and that is something we hit on with Jason Howell of Texags to break down this historically great Texas A&M signing class. All right, we're pleased to be joined by Jason Howell. He's a Tex Ag senior recruiting analyst. That's the go-to site for Texas A&M football recruiting and all everything Aggies. You can follow Jason at Jason underscore Howell. Thank you so much for joining me, Jason. After, uh, man, I cannot imagine the week you guys have been having over there at Tex Ag. So I, I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, you, yeah, it's been unbelievable over there. Uh, just kind of shoot, following it and covering it all the same. It's just been nuts. Now this may be a, a difficult question to answer, but you know, if you can put your finger on one or two things that, uh, you know, this legitimately is probably the greatest signing class in Texas A&M history. And we're talking well over, you know, a hundred year period here. What's been the keys to uh, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies putting this this uh, class together? Well, I'll say this is undoubtedly uh, the best class uh, in A&M history, at least in the modern era of uh, recruiting rankings. And, um, you know, it's, you know, a lot of relationships and uh, just uh, a lot of the, the prospects doing the recruiting, uh, Bobby Taylor has, has been phenomenal, um, as a leader in the class. And he's been joined by guys like Donovan green and, uh, you know, some of the, some of the other, uh, recruits, uh, that have been longtime members. Um, and, um, you know, 
Jimbo Fisher is about as strong a closer as you will find in college football. Um, and talking to parents and to, uh, to prospects alike, it's, you know, just how genuine uh, that the vibe they get, get off of him. And just in every conversation, uh, he, he's, he's very involved in the recruiting process. And, uh, you know, when it comes time to, uh, you know, put pen to paper, it's, uh, you know, there's an easy, easiness there. Uh, you know, and and uh, and a trust uh, that that is is felt, and you know, uh, when you have guys like Elijah Robinson doing what he's doing on the defensive line, well, at at Terry Price, Elijah and Terry uh, are just uh, you know they get after it uh, uh, as well or better than anybody in the country. The success they have had at Texas A and M, we're hearing a lot of. Well, now they have to win. Talk. Well, I mean, they did just come off a, a one-loss season in 2020, uh, and uh, we're right there knocking on the door of the playoffs. And um, you know, this year uh, 21 did not go according to uh, plan. If you you know, looking at the preseason, but there were also some clear reasons why. You know, from a injury standpoint and uh, things like that. But uh, you know. There, uh, there's a feeling uh, between the uh, resources uh, available and facilities, education, um, you know, the the uh, platform for NIL, um, and and all that stuff. Being in Texas and in the SEC, it's a very attractive package for for recruits and. I, I think I hit more than a few notes there, but uh, yeah, that's that, that's kind of how it all came together. Um, and um, yeah, uh, these guys have a plan, and they do a great job of of uh, uh, relaying that to prospect and parent, and uh, it's paying huge dividends in 2022. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the NIL because I did want to ask you about that. I know that's something that even Texas Texags has participated in, and uh, yeah, you know it's been very successful for a lot of the Aggies down there, and you know, with a when you got a program like a Texas A&M that is right on the cusp of potentially winning an SEC championship, potentially going and winning the college football playoff, yet they have not achieved that in recent history. So you got just a passionate, hungry fan base that is willing to do what it takes to to push the program over the top. How much do you think that NIL here and, of course, moving forward is going to help the Aggies uh, in recruiting and just, you know, having them maintain one of the elite programs in the country? I, I mean, I think A&M is set up uh, very well uh, in regards to uh, the platform uh, that uh, and, you know, that that is there uh, for uh, to facilitate NIL opportunities. It's a high profile program and in a football hungry state. Um, it is a, uh, there's a, there's a great alumni base that, uh, you know, is attractive, uh, for, uh, you know, but, you know, people looking for, uh, student athletes that, uh, that definitely, you know, want those, you know, that, uh, that might, uh, 
that might be, you know, attractive for, uh, you know, for a, a wide audience. There's, there's a lot of things um, uh, that, you know, that allow uh, not just Texas A&M, I think NIL, if you're in the SEC uh, and you're a big, big power player, uh, chances are you're going to have a pretty good NIL program. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, we saw it with Alabama and uh, Bryce Young before the season even started. He, you know, with, uh, with some of the numbers that were being thrown out there and speculated about what he might be making. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the opportunities are there. And if you shine in, uh, in, a, in a big program in the SEC, there's a good chance you're going to be making some pretty good coin. So, um, you know, it's, uh, A&M definitely provides that. And uh, I think being in Texas and the, the wide reach of the alumni base and, and you know, how, uh, you know, A&M, uh, you know, has, uh, has been at the forefront of, you know, allowing their, their uh, athletes, those opportunities, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's all played a big role and, and I, I don't know the specifics of what Jimbo's pitch is when it comes to NIL opportunities, but uh, it's definitely something that's talked about, you know, and as far as, Hey, you know, yeah, you, you'll have an opportunity. <laughs> you can, you, you can see it. You don't have to talk the, the raw numbers and, and all that kind of stuff. That, that, that kind of thing happens organically. Now the Aggies uh, currently have the number one recruiting class. Looks like they're going to finish with that. But as wild as that may sound, it, the Aggies may not be done. So what's your confidence <laughs> level that uh, Texas A&M could add another elite prospect or two to this class? Uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really high. I, I feel like, uh, they're in a great position for five stars, Harold Perkins, nation's number one linebacker, uh, right there in Houston. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's set to announce at the Under Armour All-American game. So mm-hmm. sounds like we'll find out an answer to, uh, to his decision, um, in early January. And then, uh, they're set up really strongly with Shamar Stewart, uh, out of Miami, um, and, and uh, they're, they're in this top three. He's, I know he's talked about making, he wants to do a February announcement and he took a, a visit to A&M right before the early signing period. And I won't be surprised at all if he returns. As a matter of fact, they've, they've said, Hey, we want to, re- we're going to come back. But uh, you know, it's one of those, you believe it when you see it kind of, you know, uh, yeah, deals just because a recruiting can, uh, can fluctuate the news can change in a, in a moment's notice but uh yeah they've set themselves up very well with shamar stewart um, um and um uh, jacoby matthews is another one to watch so they at a at a Pontchartula, louisiana top safety prospect uh regarded as a five star by some and and one of the one of the top priorities a&m has had for for a while so uh all all three of those guys i, I could see ending up in uh, maroon and white. Uh, but uh, it's one of those things when it comes to these five-star, you know, recruiting battles, it's, it's never over until it's over. Um, you know, even Walter Nolan, who had been, you know, solid mm-hmm. up until, you know, of course, <laughs> when it comes time, there's rumor out there. Oh, well, he's, uh, he's going to wait. No, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then it, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. So it's, um, 
you know, it's uh, it's always fun to watch and, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows and, and, you know, uh, it's, it's always, it's always going to be uh, a fight uh, to, uh, to ultimately seal the deal. But like I said, Jimbo does it as well as anybody in the country. And he has even before he got to A&M. So um, he's, he's a proven recruiter and, and that staff is full of proven recruiters as well. I'm glad you hit on uh, five-star Walter Nolan because I wanted to ask you about him next. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. realize this until I saw you pointed out on Texags, but he is the highest-rated recruit the Aggies have ever signed in the uh, the modern 247 rivals ranking era, even higher than Miles Garrett. And we all know how difficult it is to come in and make a difference, particularly on the line of scrimmage in the SEC. But do you think uh, Walter Nolan is the type of prospect that, you know, I'm not saying he's going to come in here and be the best player in the country, but do you, do you think he'll make an instant impact for the Aggies next season? Uh, I think uh, there's definitely a very, very good good shot. He's, he, he, the A&M has done a good job. It's, on the defensive line, it's tough to make an instant impact, mm-hmm. but – they, it's also a spot where, yeah, you have your starters, but you have those those guys rotating in and out, and uh, you, you have to have a good at least two, sometimes three deep, you know. Uh, and he's a guy that can come in and do some real damage. Uh, Shamar Shamar Turner uh, was a five star out of Desoto, Texas, that worked his way into the mix this last year. McKinley Jackson. Um, was a guy that uh, he signed out of Mississippi a couple years ago. Immediately as a freshman, he found his way into the rotation. And I think Walter Nolan has that kind of makeup for sure to uh, to get in there and, and really do some things. You watch what he does uh, from a, a size uh, standpoint. I think he's definitely ready uh, from an explosive, uh, you know, football nastiness on the on you know in the trenches he definitely has that kind of uh ability as well so uh you know if he can get in there and um you know learn learn some uh learn some of the plays i got a feeling they're gonna have a hard time keeping him off the field uh you know i mentioned mckinley jackson uh the marvin leal is another one mm-hmm. uh so uh, they're gonna give the the best guys a chance to get on the field and especially on that defensive front, uh, I, I have a hard time feeling, uh, you know, if he's healthy and he comes in ready to go, uh, I got a feeling he's going to see some some playing time and, and make his presence felt. Now, one of the, uh, the biggest impacts in this class, in my opinion, five-star receiver Evan Stewart, Texas A&M, mm-hmm. uh, could use some explosiveness there in the receiving core. How big of an impact do you think he could make next season for the Aggies? One, it's not just that he's an explosive, uh, versatile player. Uh, this is a refined route runner. Uh, he knows he knows uh, the route tree inside and out, and he is a uh, a guy that trains uh, relentlessly. He didn't play a whole lot this fall. Uh, opted out um, at, there at Liberty uh, in uh, in Frisco, but my goodness, uh, that's a guy that I. I anticipate coming in early. He'll he'll be an early enrollee. Uh, I anticipate him in the spring making making some real noise uh, because, like you said, he brings an element. Uh, I know A and M's really looking for uh, in that receiving core, and that's a that's that 
that's that guy who can take the top off the defense and, and he can be used in so many different ways. Um, whether it is, you know, getting the ball in jet sweeps or, you know, you, you can work him in so many different ways. He can play slide, he can play outside and, and he can do uh, uh, a tremendous amount and add another element to that offense uh, that, uh, that, uh, you know, can uh, take, take A&M to, uh, to the next level. Are there any other signees uh, aside from Walter Nolan and Stewart that uh, that you kind of have pegged as guys that uh, could make a big impact next season on the field for Texas A&M? Well, I, I think you you look at those other five star uh, D linemen, uh, and you say other five stars, but <laughs> my, yeah, uh, uh, Gabriel Brown Odendi was one of the you know top recruits and had been since I think his sophomore freshman year there out of Lakeland. Um, um, Anthony Lucas, uh, who uh, picked A&M over Alabama and Notre Dame and, and a few others. Um, I, th- I could see those guys um, kind of getting in there. They're, they're similar uh, in style and, and versatility to a DeMarvin Leal who could play inside and outside. Uh, and they, they, that, that's something that, uh, you know, a and going to be looking for uh, with, with him going off to the NFL. Um, you've got uh, Smoke Bowie uh, out of Bainbridge, Georgia, uh, mm-hmm. who could uh, factor in not only in the secondary, uh, but uh, in the return game. Um, Denver Harris, a five-star cornerback out of, uh, out of Houston, uh, is another one uh, that, uh, you know, they just had a freshman All-American and Tyree Chapel. Uh, but uh, I could see I could see some of these guys getting in the mix, at least rotating in and and uh, finding their way onto the field and in some key situations. Um, and uh, yeah, um, there's there's so many guys from top to bottom. Um, but uh, uh, you know, Le'Veon Moss is a guy. If you know if you know he comes in healthy, ready to go, he could find his way into the running back rotation. Uh, the the quarterback room, uh, you know, Connor Wegman, uh, he's got that gunslinger mentality to him, uh, great arm, uh, athleticism. He's got some people talking, you know, he's got some Johnny football to his game. Let's not call him Johnny Manziel, but he, he definitely has some, uh, some of those aspects to his game where he just seems to make players around him better. And, um, plays you know not not a very vocal guy at least uh off the field but he uh he his teammates love and respect him and will go to the ends of the earth for him so um you know he's uh he's another one to watch you know but uh uh yeah there's the whew, there's uh there's a lot of them and uh i think this class is going to be fun to watch over the next few years now it's hard to say any of these players may be underrated because my goodness they're all five and four stars. But is is there maybe one signee that stands out in your mind that uh, may be a little underrated uh, as he begins his college career? I would throw out Martrell Harris uh, out of the Woodlands. He's uh, he's a guy that a lot of people, at least outside the region, didn't know about um, so much because he was he had transferred. So he had to sit out a year, sophomore year, and then he got hurt as a junior. But he is a um, 
when it comes to an explosive, violent linebacker, uh, a guy who can bring it off the edge and can also drop into coverage and, and you know, do do a lot of uh, a lot of things for you at the linebacker position. Montreal Harris is that guy. Um, he uh, picked the A and M over um, uh, Texas, and uh, LSU came on late, um, and um, you know he's but he's a guy that uh, I, I think is a bit under the radar and uh, you know, he's somebody that, uh, that I'd circle as one to watch. Uh, and as far as that goes, uh, another one, Noah Thomas receiver out of, out of the Houston area, his uncle, Broderick Thomas was a all American there at Nebraska. Um, and he is six, five, 190 pounds, a 400 meter, um, guy, uh, I want to say he's a state champ. I may be wrong there, but, uh, uh, he was, he's, he's really good on the track and has just had a phenomenal senior season. And, um, yeah, then, and another one, um, Mark Naboo out of Seattle, Washington. This is a guy came to camp six, four, 330 pounds. And he showed up at A&M summer camp and, a&M said, okay, we want to bring you back on an official visit <laughs> like the next week. <laughs> and, and then it was game on from there on. They, they weren't letting go. Uh, they ended up securing his commitment over uh, USC, uh, mainly there at the end. But, um, yeah, it, just uh, there's a few guys in there. But, yeah, those, those really jump out to me. Um, and if I'll throw one more out to you. Uh, and this guy is one that I'm personally rooting for. Uh, his his dad played in the NFL, um, and he um, he's a bit undersized, about six two, two sixty. Known for speed, uh, especially there at the three technique, can also play some defensive end. Jaden Scarlett out of out of Argyle, Texas, um, just a phenomenal story. Um, his his father passed from COVID right before the right uh, early in the season, and uh, it's just uh, you know didn't have the senior season he would have hoped for. I think uh, from an injury standpoint and and things like that. But when he is at a hundred percent, that kid has the quickest get off of anybody in this recruiting class, and that is a five. That is that is as the best D-line class I've seen uh, that I've personally covered in 20 years of covering recruiting. Um, and he, he has the quickest get off. He's a, he's a bit undersized and I could see him being somebody that, uh, you know, situationally maybe early on uh, starts to, you know, make a, make his presence felt a little bit. Now one uh, late addition, I, I don't know if you really can count this as part of the signing class here, but uh a&M added Max Johnson, the former LSU quarterback. So I just wanted to get your, your quick thoughts on that. And, of course, they maybe more importantly added his brother, the number one tight end prospect, Jake Johnson. Yeah. We know Jimbo Fisher and his long history with, you know, I think he does a better job than anybody of, of producing these elite tight ends like Wattemeyer and, and Sternberger and, and just go back to his FSU days. So uh, thoughts on, on picking up the Johnson brothers late in the process? And do you think Max Johnson, who – you know, a lot of people, especially LSU fans, kind of upset with him. But I always thought he was a lot better than, than people gave him credit for. And I, I think he was just poorly coached there at uh, LSU. Do you, do you think he could factor in 
as a potential starting quarterback, uh, if not next season, at, at some point in his career at, at A&M. Absolutely. I mean, what he brings that uh, nobody else has uh, in that quarterback room right now with, uh, with the departure of, uh, of your backup, you know, you know, jumping into the portal, um, it's uh, experience and a lot of it in the SEC. And you can't manufacture that. You can't coach that. That, you know, so he's, he's been there. He's been uh, in live action. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's seen and felt what that is to walk into opposing, you know, stadium and, uh, you know, have those, have those defenses keyed up on you. Um, now he's not without, you know, faults. Uh, people criticize the, the arm and, and, and some of the things like that, but uh, I'll say this, uh, you know, he, uh, he put together a heck of a last drive against A&M there. And I'm sure there's some, uh, some Aggies going, Hey, he can't beat us if he's on the, on the same sideline. So, uh, you know, uh, at the very least they, they, they won't. Uh, they won't have an L because of him next next fall. And uh, I think what he brings it in terms of, you know, just helping out that quarterback room. You know, and plus he he just elevates that quarterback room to to a degree. And I think he'll have every opportunity to come in and 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 fight for that job. All right, last question for and you. And like you said, I got I got to bring a Jake. I mean, geez. oh yeah, 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 yeah that was. <laughs> that, that tight end group, Donovan Green, Jake Johnson, and then the Swedish guy, uh, Theodore Mellon-Ostrom, uh, who, who went to camp everywhere this summer. And, I mean, Saban offered him, I think, after one reception or something at a 4.5540 at 6'5", 240 pounds. So uh, that is some serious talent right there. Uh, and, and Jake is as polished as it comes from a receiving standpoint. Uh, no one uh, He's going to come in early as well and he'll be a guy that i i don't know if he sees the field but he's definitely a guy that knows is going to have what it takes from a football iq to come in and and learn that system and, and uh you know at, at tight end where a&m's not gonna it doesn't look like it looks like they're going to need some experience there so i'm really glad you uh mentioned theodore because i was not going to attempt to butcher his uh his name there so <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. But, hey, Jason, I appreciate all your time. I just got one more question for you, and sure. it's, it's just because I don't have any uh, insight into this. I was thinking maybe you guys over at Texags do, but Mike Elko off the Duke, getting the head job. Uh, he's been an outstanding defensive coordinator for them, Texas A&M Aggies. And now I think this is the biggest question of the offseason. Who is Jimbo going to hire? And – you know, I think given the talent on hand, I mean, this has got to be maybe the top coordinator position available in the country. Do you guys have any insight into uh, where Jimbo may be looking for his next defensive coordinator? Well, I, I tend to leave the team questions up to Billy, uh, but uh, for, from his reports, um, you know, it sounds like uh, they're, they're, they're taking a look at some options. I haven't heard any, like, concrete names of course the rumor mill's been out there with you know this guy and that guy but as far as uh like that this is these are the top three names or whatever i i can't say that for sure but uh 
it, you know, there's been talk of maybe an in in-house hire mm-hmm. as well, um, and um, and and maybe doing some promoting from within. But like you said, uh, I think whatever happens there, uh, and part of the reason why uh, you didn't see a lot of class defections because this happened before signing day, uh, and you could have seen guys decide not to sign, and and that did not happen. As a matter of fact, they just added to that on signing day. And a part of that is because with Jimbo Fisher's stability and the resources and the budget he has for his coaches, it's a, like you said, it's a, it's a very attractive job. And that defensive, that defensive group that is already signed and what you could potentially add to that is extremely high quality, um, and so you're gonna you're you got the chance to go in and coach a, a phenomenal group of guys, one of the most talented groups in the country, um, and uh, compete against uh, the in, in the best league in in the uh, in the nation. So, yeah, it's I have no problem uh, and no uh, no worries uh, believing that that there's going to be a pretty quality candidate that emerges and eventually gets named for that position. All right. He's Jason. Howe. got to give him a follow at Jason underscore Howe for all your Texas A&M recruiting needs. He's the senior recruiting analyst over at texags.com. Jason, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, all this insight and for giving me so much time. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me.